I'm Derek Thompson, longtime writer with The Atlantic Magazine on tech, culture, and politics. There is a lot of noise out there, and my goal is to cut through the headlines, loud tweets, and hot takes in my new podcast, Plain English. I'll talk to some of the smartest people I know to give you clear viewpoints and memorable takeaways. Plain English starts November 16th. Listen for free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Off the Pike, presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like 3-Minute Markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of this episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in DC and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome into Off the Pike. I'm Brian Barrett. Joining us now, the manager of the hottest team in baseball right now, the Red Sox. It is Alex Cora. Alex, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing good, man. Uh, Thank you for having me. Yeah, anytime. So you guys getting ready to open up the second half of the season. And it was a really interesting first half for you guys, right? I mean, you dealt with injuries, you dealt with some defensive issues, but you guys finished strong, as I mentioned, 1-8 of 9, swept the Blue Jays, took 2 of 3 from the Rangers, who are the best team in the American League, and you swept the A's. And during this nine-game stretch, you guys are hitting like crazy, 309 as a team, Miami second at 291, so way better than anybody else. Yoshida and Duran are both hitting 517. Turner's got 11 RBIs during the stretch, so the offense has been there. But one of the other things is it seems like the defense has stabilized. Obviously, you got Arroyo back to play some second base, and you took Kike off that everyday shortstop role. Turner's been playing some first base, but we knew you guys had a good offense coming into the season. But it does feel like lately, maybe the jump for you guys has been because the defense has improved. I do believe that's um, that's the deciding factor, right? Um, if you look at the the first part of the season. Uh, we were very inconsistent defensively, and it cost us a lot of games. But uh, I think the last 14, 15 games, we've been solid. Um, you know, we we getting better. Uh, even, you know, I know I know people criticize Kike. Even Kike, I'm sure, has been better. Uh, and that's something that we knew he could do. just happens that he struggled throwing to first base. Uh, and, um, you know, it, it was something that we didn't expect. But... Uh, Overall, defensively, we've been solid. Um, I think it starts behind the plate with Wonger. Uh, you know, he's been able to shut down the running game. And then in right field, uh, we got the best defensive uh, right fielder in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, we've been okay turning the plays, uh, making the routine plays. As you know, there's a pitching staff that, you know, some of them, they, they, they strike people out, but most of them, they don't. So we have to take care of the baseball. And when we do that, we become a good team. I know, Verdugo, 12 defensive runs saved. It's remarkable. He's at minus five last year, Alex. So let's go get to that because he's hitting 290. He's had an outstanding season. 
He has 27 end zone swings and misses all year, which is just ridiculous bad to ball skills. Now, you said after the season, you needed a better Alex Verdugo. You needed a better season for him. So what do you think's changed with him? Um, I think his offseason was different compared to others. Um, you know, hopefully it was, uh, you know, him understanding that uh, he, need, he needed to be better. Uh, if you look at the guys in his class, um, money-wise and where they're at right now, you know, they're ahead of him. And uh, he... He played okay last year. I believe offensively the second part of the season was solid. Uh, he's shown some flashes of being a good defender. Uh, in 21 in left field, he became a force, uh, shutting down the running game. Uh, but we move into right. It took him a while last year. But then I think the last month of the season, he was really good. And we challenged him to, to play faster, to be more dynamic, to become the – the player everybody envisioned uh, when he was coming out with the Dodgers, and so far so good. The 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 thing that I'm intrigued by he he's a good second part of the season player, you know. Like offensively, he becomes a monster offensively. So, I mean, if this is a guy we got right now and he's going to improve, we'll take that and see where he takes us. And maybe he'll be pissed off that he didn't make the All Star game. Maybe uh, he'll... I mean, we we tried to yeah, I, we tried everything with him. Like, I mean it. I get it. I understand. You know, there's a lot of good players out there, but I do believe that Doogie, you know, he he was one of the best uh, outfielders in the big leagues and he deserved to be in Seattle. Yeah, I agree with you on that. And he probably would have come up with a clutch hit because he's really good late in games <laughs> in terms of coming up with the big hit. So I got to get to Jaron Duran because, Alex, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say at times last year he didn't look like a major league player. Right. And you look at him this year, he's a weapon. Now, I mentioned the other day, you guys have really set him up to succeed. If you look at it, 211 out of 251 plate appearances have come against righties. And part of that is, well, you got Rob Refsnyder, who hits 462 against lefties, or excuse me, his on-base percentage is 462, the Mm -hmm. best in all of Major League Baseball by like 18 points. So he's going to be in the lineup when, of course, there's a lefty on the mound. But overall, if you look at the numbers, 886 OPS, and this is my favorite stat. I mentioned this briefly last week, but this is my favorite stat maybe in baseball this year. The 211 plate appearances against righties are 157th out of 167, and he has 25 doubles. That leads Major League Baseball, two more than Freddie Freeman, who's one of the best hitters of this generation. So 157th in plate appearances, yet he's first in doubles. I mean, that that shouldn't compute, right? I love watching it because he can hit a ball just in front of the left fielder, and somehow he ends up at second base. So from your perspective... Because last year, when he struggled, he didn't bounce back. This year, he had that struggle, and he was able to bounce back. So what's the biggest difference in terms of this year to last year? And what do you like about watching him every day with the speed that he brings to the game? Oh, he, he, He's not changing his approach, uh, something he did in the past. Uh, you know, he'll have his hands up and then down and then the leg kick, then the toe tap. And something that uh, we told him when we sent him down in spring training you're going to go to AAA, and if you go 20 for 20, you keep your hands there. If you go 0 for 20, you keep your hands there. And mm. uh, he's found it. He's found it. And uh, is as a hitter, you're in a great place when you can hit fastballs the other way and off-speed pitches to the pull side. That means you're on time, and it feels like he's on time uh, in every at-bat, in every pitch. He went through a stretch in the West Coast. Expected, right? Like, I mean, um, first of all, we faced some good pitching. Uh, they changed the script on him. It was fastballs up in the past. He was getting to them. Then they went down, changes down. I think Michael actually was the one that exposed him 
in San Diego. <laughs> so uh, there was a, a, a good learning curve there for like 15 or 20 games, right? Like he was swinging and missing a lot. But yeah. it, it was a lot different compared to last year. So he, he stuck with the program. He worked with Pete, Louie, and Rosie, the, the hitting guys. And uh, he's been amazing. Um, the way the game is going, this guy, you know, is perfect, right? He hits the ball hard. He runs fast. And uh, he's not afraid. And uh, that's the thing we love. Um, if I have to do it again the last two years, you know, the whole little thing, no. Nah, you know, I, I should have hit him ninth, just get your feet wet, get used to it. It's not easy to come here. Hey, all of a sudden you're the lead off guy, right? And yeah. All eyes on you. And then that doesn't work out. But now, you know, this season he was in an eighth, then he hit fifth for a while. And now whenever he plays, he's going to be the lead off guy. And we're very proud of him. I do believe also him opening it up in the off season, talking about anxiety and the expectations and letting people down actually help him out. And uh, he's in a great place mentally. Yeah, he's he's really fun to watch. He runs angry. Like he he's not like a yeah. like Hamilton's <laughs> like a glider, right? Like he runs easy and Duran just he runs hard. It's like he's mad at the ground. So you guys have had so many injuries with this rotation. Sale, Whitlock, Hope, Kluber struggled, then he got injured out of the bullpen. And then there's twenty five year old Brian Bayo, who since April twenty ninth, since he kind of permanently was part of your rotation, twelve starts, he's third in ERA at two thirty five behind Blake Snell, who's got an argument to win the Cy Young in the NL if he has a good year. And Nate, who has an argument in the AL to win the Cy Young. So he's been tremendous and everything's on the ground. 55.6% ground ball rate. That's third. So we knew the stuff was good. And I really enjoy watching him pitch because he sort of got that swagger on the mound. But really, without Bayo this season, you guys are almost lost, right? I mean, he's going out there and he's posting. He's giving you six innings, it feels like. In a lot of games, he's given you seven innings. What has he meant to your team? And what impresses you most about what he's been able to do at just 24 carrying this pitching staff? Yeah, the, the thing that impresses me the most is, his, is the way he goes about his business. He understands what he means to the rotation. He, he knows what he wants to be, right? And uh, he works so hard to, to accomplish that. Every five days, we're very confident that, you know, he's going to give us six, at least six. And that's a great feeling. Um, you know, we're talking about a kid that uh, in the All-Star break, he went to the Dominican Academy to throw his bullpen. And wow. then he met with the, with the minor league players and talked to them about expectations and routine and all that stuff. You know, he's paying it forward, which is great. You know, and uh, that's something when I talked to him about it, uh, I say, hey, you got Friday in Chicago. You got to be ready. And he's like, I'll be ready. So, um, you know, that's, that's the most important thing. As far as what he means to our program, our, our roster, like you said, without him, it was going to be very tough. You know, I think there's two guys that, I've been able to post when they got back to the rotation, him and Pax, you know, they're going six, seven innings. And, you know, with a staff that has two quote unquote bullpen days is huge. You know, it, it really, you know, makes it easier for us to map out the rest of the week. And, um, you know, we're very proud of both of them with Brian is just, you know, I don't know what the ceiling is going to be, but it's, you know, it's, it's impressive the way he's been going about it. And, uh, you get the feedback from the opposition. That's the most important thing, right? And they don't like facing this guy. You know, there's a lot of weak contact. There's some swing and misses. And when he gets in trouble, it seems like he takes it to another level. Uh, I, I don't know what the batting average is with men in scoring position. I don't know what the batting average is with men a third with less than two outs. But it seems like they never score. So uh, 
we're very happy with him and uh hopefully we can keep him healthy and keep doing the things that he's doing yeah you mentioned paxton too he's been fun to watch the thing that impresses me about him he's at 56.9 percent four seamer since he made his debut on the 12th of may which is the third highest rate in major league baseball he doesn't give a shit he's just gonna throw his fastball but he's another guy if you look at it alex where you mentioned he's going out there Every fifth day, four out of his last five starts, he's given you guys at least six. And I got to be honest, I didn't have much expectations for him just because we didn't know a lot about him from a Boston perspective. I know you guys did internally, but he dealt with so many injuries to see him be able to contribute this. It's going to be a pleasant surprise for you guys. But at some in some level, I mean, he's maybe your second most important pitcher right now. No, he's been outstanding. And, um, you know, we talked to him. And first of all, he upped it in. Right. He made the decision to stay here. Uh, for X amount of dollars, you know, and uh, I bet him going to the out there in free agency, he probably could make more, you know, but he decided to stay around this program, stay around our trainers, and he's paying off. Um, we talked a little bit in spring training. He explained the whole thing, uh, how it goes. This is what I need to do. And it was it was trending well until that game in Minnesota. All of a sudden, he pulls his hammy in spring training. I was like, here we go again. Yeah. Uh, I know he was frustrated, but he was very patient. We were very patient, and he's paying off. Uh, the fastball plays from the first inning all the way to the seventh. Uh, the interesting thing about him is either curveball one day or the slider the, the, the other one. And it's very unpredictable. He'll, he'll let us know in the second inning, this is what's working. Let's go with this. <laughs> Sometimes, like you said, fuck it. It's fastballs, you know, 85%. <laughs> yeah. Other days, it's fastballs up, breaking balls down. But uh, – he, he's really good at what he does. He reminds me of the guy that used to pitch with Seattle. And, um, you know, every five days, just like Abello, you know, we expect him to go deep, you know, and um, he's been a pleasant surprise. And um, I know he loves it here. I know he's been, you know, uh, pushing for more. And uh, we'll see what happens in the upcoming days. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that curveball is so nasty against right-handed hitters. But the other portion of that that you said, so is he kind of one of those guys where a lot of pitchers maybe you guys are talking to and when he tells you guys like, hey, this is what's working, you're like, all right, just just go out there and do it. Just keep going, yeah. <laughs> my, my my mentality, and, and this is something that uh, I learned in Houston, pitching-wise, is like throw your best pitches as much as possible. You know, it doesn't matter if, uh, if Brian Barrett, you know, he hits fastballs up. You know what? My fastball plays. So here we go. Try to hit it. And uh, that's what we've been doing. Uh, you know, Bayo, the changeup usage is going up. Uh, Pax is throwing his four-seamer up. Cutter, you know, his fastball up, plays. is one of the best in the big league. So when in trouble, go to the best that you have and see what happens, you know. But uh, so far, the last, bro, I want to say since uh, the San Diego series, we've been outstanding from the, from the mound. We've been really, yeah. really good. We didn't hit there for a while. That's why we struggled, but it hasn't been from the mound. We've been solid, and uh, hopefully we can continue. Yeah, and for what it's worth, you can get me fastballs up. It, you know, it's, it's above my launch angle, so you can get me <laughs> with the fastballs up. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks, and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That's 200 you can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. And I like the Red Sox coming up in this game on Friday night against the Cubs on that one and a half run line. That's at plus 128, so good value there. And I'll give you a future too. How about plus 255 for the Red Sox to make the playoffs? They're playing really good baseball right now. 
all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com Pike to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com Pike. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Must be 21 plus in president select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit TheRinger.com RG. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. All right, so Yoshida, when you said at the beginning of the season or in spring training, you guys see him more as a middle-of-the-order guy, that's when I was like, because you came on my pod before the season and you said, hey, he's got more power than people think. Obviously, you guys were right. The, the bat-to-ball skills is advertised. Sixth in batting average at 316. On base percentage, 382 11th. 10.7% strikeout rate, which is fourth. That's something, of course, you guys wanted to do this year. Less strikeouts, especially with the rules changes. But what is it? Because you guys got crushed, right? It's like, oh, they completely over, they paid $30 million more million than they should have for this guy. So what is it that you think that you guys saw in him that other people didn't? Was it just that the power was going to play? Um, honestly, that's uh, the front office and the whole scouting department. Uh, I just got video and I was like, man, this guy can hit, right? <laughs> but uh, he, in batting practice, you can tell that the ball carries, you know, is is different than other guys. The sound is 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 loud, but the ball, the way the ball carries, is different. And uh, this guy will put the ball in play. He can get the fastballs up, but he can hit off speed pitches in the zone. He goes the other way, which is the most important thing. And uh, it just this, and he's played discipline. He doesn't expand. Uh, you know, he takes his walks. is it, is impressive and. This is just the beginning, to be honest with you. And uh, that's the cool thing about it, right? He's just learning, you know, at the best. I, I mean, this is the best level of baseball in the world. And he's gathering information. He understands what he needs to do. Uh, physically, he's been able to to pose every day. But we'll make sure we take care of him. And uh, the more he plays, the better he's going to be. I do believe the weather is going to help him in Boston. Well, hopefully... The summer is not over, you know, like hopefully when we get back, he's still in the 80s. But uh, it's been awful this year as far as the weather at home. It's been tough to hit, but somehow, some way, he's found a way. And, uh, you know, this guy, he loves it. He loves Boston. He, he, he has a green monster, right? The wall is right there. So he plays to his advantage. He can backtrack pitches and hit it the other way. And honestly, Brian, I think this is just the beginning. Yeah, I mean, it's been un- unbelievable to watch. He had that transition like the first couple of weeks, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah, like Charlie the hottest- Mon- Well, everybody panicked when Charlie Morton struck him out three times, I think it was, when we went <laughs> to Atlanta. I mean, Charlie's been doing that for the last five years. You know, it yeah. happened, right? So, uh, and then when we went to New York, he didn't hit. People panicked. Well, the next weekend, when we played New York at home, you saw what happened. So, it's part of the, the big league progression, right? That, like, he, he will go through stretches. I mean, his bad stretch is over twelve. You know, like yeah. I mean, you know, that was. I mean, for me, my bad stretch was over thirty. You know, something like that. But this guy, <laughs> you know, he goes, he goes two for ten, and everybody's panicking. And now, man, he he gets it. He wants to be better, and and the cool thing about it, he wants to win. Yeah, like I was saying earlier too, his last nine games, he's over five hundred. Him and Durant, so he's in one of those stretches. Well, hopefully, the All Star break doesn't slow him down. Speaking of the All Star break, so Kenley Jansen. 
your lone representative. He had that one struggle really against St. Louis, and then he's been. And I got to imagine you're happy only through three pitches in the All Star game, right? Because you don't that want was, him. Th- <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, he he came in, and I understand Bautista twenty nine pitches. He comes in, he gets the out, and I'm watching the game with Ramon Vasquez, our bench coach, and I'm like, who's left for this guys? You know, and it was Pablo, and Castillo. And that was it. I'm like, no way he's coming back to the ninth. You know, like <laughs> I was ready to call Dusty, you know, and give him stuff, whatever. But uh, good job by Dusty taking care of the players. You know, not surprisingly, you know, he he understands how it works. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that Kenley got, you know, three pitches, three outs, uh, one out and get out of it. It was a great experience for him. And uh, we're very proud of him. Yeah, and you look at it on the season now. I mean, that cutter that he throws, what, 82% of the time, the expected batting average is 193. So it's been nasty as usual. And then Chris Martin, I mean, I feel like he's almost been an underrated part of your season because since he came back from the IL on the 1st of May, the ERA's eighth among relievers. He's walked two guys out of 82. 2.4% walk rate. The whip's at 0.88. So, and you guys, I don't know if you found something, but this year, the hard hit rate during this stretch is second among relievers at 22%. Last year, he was at 42%. So I don't know if you guys found something in terms of the batted balls, because he's giving up way less hard contact than he did in the mm-hmm. past. But what's it like for you? Because really, since Matt Barnes had those struggles a couple of years ago, you guys haven't had that steady guy at the back end. And now you have two of them with Martin and, of course, with the closer and Jansen. It's got to be such a luxury and a difference for you from previous seasons. Yeah, especially where we at with the rotation, uh, understanding that we're gonna have two bullpen days, so you pick and choose. You know, when when you can when you use Martin in the eighth, and obviously Kenley in the ninth, we have used Ken, uh, Martin in the ninth sometimes, and it's very important for for us to keep him healthy. You know, they're very important. Uh, with Kenley, is 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 amazing. You know, at this stage of his career, the way he's been, you know, throwing the ball is dominant. You know, and and I wouldn't be surprised if this guy pitches for five more years, you know, because it's one pitch, but it's a really good pitch. And uh, physically, he's been able to to stay healthy. A lot of people were worried about the pitch clock, and he's been the, the other way around. So uh, I'm glad that we got him. And, uh, you know, in the ninth inning, it's, it's a lot easier to manage. Hey, just go get three outs and move on. With uh, with Chris, he, he's been really good since, you know, 2019. Uh, he yeah. was on a Raider. In 19, but uh, we didn't do much. We added Kashner. I think that was the only move we made in 19. But uh, strike thrower with good stuff. Another guy that uh, people were worried about the pitch clock, and he's been the other way around. And the way I see it, you see these monsters on the mound, right? And, you know, they're throwing the ball every 15 seconds to you. And as a hitter, you really don't have time to, you know, like slow it down, you know? And you wish as a hitter you can call time a few times and stop him but now he's like continuously and they're all over you and it's very tough uh last year with the dodgers he was great uh here with the cubs he was okay but he was still throwing strikes and uh i think he's understanding who he is it's 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 funny to say right at this stage of his career he's getting better in the clubhouse amazing in the bullpen one of the keys for nick pivetta to be honest with you just talking to pivetta about the bullpen, how to attack hitters. And it's very simple. Throw your best shit as much as possible, and you're <laughs> going to be successful. And I think Chris is a big part of uh, the success that Nick has had uh, in the bullpen. 
Yeah, and he's been huge for you as sort of that bulk guy, right? I mean, since he's gone to the bullpen, I think he's second in innings pitch during that stretch. So he's been huge for you guys. And I really feel like obviously you're going to get some guys back healthy too to go into that bullpen. You guys, it feels like a real strength of your team. And then I look at your rotation. You got the two guys at the top, but you're 22nd in innings pitched among starters. So I just hope from, look, you guys are playing really good baseball right now. This is a really good team and I'm biased. I want to see the front (laughs) office be aggressive and go help you guys out. But how do you sort of manage the day-to-day where you got your team, you have these opener games, you have these bulk games, but also being like, you're looking up and you're like, well, the deadline's coming pretty soon and wondering, hey, are they going to get another starter? Because I think if you guys get one more starter, it sort of puts everything into place. Maybe that allows you to put Cutter Crawford back in the bullpen. But how do you manage this team knowing that you get a chance to go to the playoffs and also have in the back of your mind, like, hey, what's the front office doing? Like, how do you uh, how do you put those two things together? Oh, I mean, communication has been great. And uh, I, I mentioned it a few a few days ago or a week ago. You got to be realistic, right? You got to understand where you're at and where other teams are. Uh, at the end of the day, it's what we do here. And we got uh, a big game tonight. That's the way I see it, you know, and every game is important. And um, we put our, ourselves in the conversation, um, you know, a few <laughs> a week ago, we were five games back. All of a sudden, we're two <laughs> games back. Yeah. One of the things that we have to avoid is the roller coaster, right? Not only, um, you know, playing wise, but you know, the 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 whole like, what are we gonna do? You know, the thing what we got to do is win games, and that's that's the thing that we can control, right? And so far, the guys have been amazing. I think that series in Toronto was huge for us. Uh, you know, we played some great baseball, facing three good pitchers, Barrios, Kikuchi, and Gossman, and uh, you know, it, it just Put us in a good spot. We had that bad game against the Rangers, but then we bounced back against them, and you know we ended up the weekend in, in the right note. We got the Cubs, we got Hendricks, we got Stroman, we got Steele. You know we got good pitching here, so it's not that we're coming here and uh, oh they're just gonna give us three games. You know we have to play good baseball, and um, I think uh, overall as an organization we understand where we at, we understand what we want to do. At the end of the day. You want to win the World Series, but at the same time, you got to be realistic. And that's something that uh, is very important, not only for the front office, but also, you know, for me, managing the game and watching what's going on around us. Yeah, sure. And I, I would say, you know, I'm going to be watching this Hendricks guy and I like this guy. He's pretty good. Prevents a lot of loud <laughs> contact. So, hey, before I let you <laughs> just putting that out there before I let you go. I mean, there's a lot of starters on the market. I'm just saying before I let you go, I got to ask you about. Marcelo Meyer because we watched him in the Futures game he gets a base hit and he seems like he has an amazing por- uh, personality he's yelling at Nick York when they're going out to the field and all that all that stuff and it just feels like at least from my perspective I can't remember like when he eventually does get called up the anticipation for his arrival I can't remember the last time it's been this big for a Red Sox player like maybe it was Mookie like you'd have to go all the way back to Mookie where people are really anticipating the guy but he's at this age. He's so young. I mean, the the swing is unbelievable. It's a sweet swing. What has impressed? Because I know you're managing your team, but obviously you're getting updated on a guy like Marcelo Mayer, and you were with him. You've been around him a lot. What has impressed you the most about this guy? Like, because it feels like he is going to be such a special player. Yeah, I do believe uh, the most important thing, first of all, for for the nation, right? We got to be patient, you know, like <laughs> it's something about, there's We're something about this, that, you know, we put these kids on platforms, you know, and they're like the second coming of, 
I don't know, Nomar or Dustin Pedroia. And no, we got to be patient. You know, let him be Marcelo. That's the most important thing. Um, the way he ha he's handled the whole thing, you know, uh, talking to Chad Epperson, the manager there. Um, yeah, we see what he does on the field and you see the talent. But in the clubhouse, communicating with players, um, you know, this kid is bilingual. You know, he, he gets along with everybody. He's kind of like the bridge guy in every team that he plays. And that's important for us because we do believe that at the end of the day, he's going to be a, a very important piece of the future of the organization. We know he's going to be a good player, but for that to happen, you have to be a great guy in the clubhouse. You have to understand all this madness, right? And it feels like he understands. And uh, we're very proud of him. We're very proud of Nick York, you know, bouncing back from last year and being able to post this year and uh, have a great season going to the Futures game. Um, there's a lot of good things happening in, in, in uh, player development. We're, we're, we're in a good spot. Like I always said, you know, all this uh, – magazines and projections and whatever, where's your, uh, you know, uh, farm system is, you know, number one or number 30. One thing I learned over the years is like, it's never as good as people think it is. It's never as bad as what people think it is. We know what we got. We understand that we have to get better, but we're in a good hands, man. We had a lot of good players, a lot of good players that understand this madness. And uh, hopefully when they get here, they just come in, do your part and help us win games. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's been really fun to just watch his progress. Even if you don't get to see him play every day, it's been a lot of fun to watch his progress. My other big prediction for the second half, Alex, is that Rafi's going to go scorched earth because <laughs> the last it's 72 plate appearances, the walk rate is way up 12.5 percent. I mean, remember in May, he walked like three times. And because of that, he's doing a lot more damage. The OPS in that stretch is over 900. So I think Rafi's going to have a big second half as well it's crazy too like Rafi you would consider it like a down year so far and he's still what is it fourth in RBIs and 13th in home runs so he's still he's yeah. probably going to get pretty close to his numbers at the end hitting the ball hard that's the most important thing and like I always tell him you know you control the strike zone that's when good things happen and uh he's been able to 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 learn I mean he's still a kid you know a kid that's yeah. making a lot of money of course but <laughs> now game planning is around him I still believe last year game planning was around him because the other guys, you know, they were okay. You know, they were solid, solid years for JD, solid year for Xander, but not the usual JD Martinez, Xander Bogart's monster years, right? So everything was uh, around Rafi. This year is the same thing, but little by little, you know, the guy in front of him, he's having an outstanding, outstanding season, JT, Yoshida, when he hits behind him. Now it's tough to pitch around Rafi. They, you know, Doogie. Sometimes he, now with uh, Jaron playing most of the time, he's going to hit fifth in the lineup. So uh, we got something cool going. Uh, I don't know how far he's going to take us. Uh, the way I see it, man, let's take it a week at a time, right? Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Uh, let's keep playing good baseball. And I think Rafi, I agree with you. Rafi is going to be a big part of what we're trying to accomplish in the second part of the season. Yeah, and at some point you're going to get Story back too. So I cannot wait to watch That's the second <laughs> Forget about him, right? I mean, not you personally, but we in the fan base. It's like, wow, this guy was actually, he was probably your best hitter with runners in scoring position he last was, year. But by all the numbers he was. he was, so I can't wait to see him come back as well. All right, that is the manager of the Red Sox, Alex Cora. Alex, thank you so much for the time. Good luck in Chicago, and good luck the rest of the way. Thank you. We stay in touch. Be well. All right, welcome back into Off the Pike, and thanks so much to the manager of the Red Sox, Alex Cora. That was a lot of fun. Love talking to baseball. I love talking baseball. It's what I did 
for so long in terms of doing Red Sox pre and post game stuff. So I really love talking about this team and I'm excited for the second half, man. Like they really finished strong. I mean, it could have gone in the complete opposite direction, right? After they were swept by Miami, that could have been at the end of the season for this Red Sox team. So I give them a lot of credit for the way they've been able to bounce back. And you heard Alex Cora talk about it. The defense has stabilized and they're getting guys back. They're getting guys healthy. That's why I hope they go get a starting pitcher. That's what they need. Just go get a starting pitcher and this sort of thing. It all kind of stabilizes. And that doesn't guarantee you a playoff spot. I get it. You got a lot of teams in front of you, but you do have, and speaking of the teams in front of you, two more series with the Yankees. You have two more series with the Toronto Blue Jays, a team that's in front of you. You have two series with the Astros, a team that's in front of you as well. So the Red Sox have an opportunity here based on the schedule that's in front of them. I mean, we may look up in six, seven days and the Red Sox may have one of those wild card spots because remember, they're playing this lowly Chicago Cubs team and then they're playing the A's who we just saw last week. That team absolutely sucks, right? I mean, that's not even a major league team at this particular point in time. So I just hope that the front office, and we're, we talked about this the other day when it comes to the deadline, you don't have to give up an arm and a leg to go get a starter. I just hope they do everything they can to at least get in the tournament. And we know that this team has had a lot of nice runs when they actually get into the postseason with Cora as the manager. Remember, in 18, they beat the Yankees. They beat the Astros. They beat the Dodgers. In 2021, they beat the Rays, a team that had won, that was arguably the best team in the American League that year, although they didn't win the World Series. The Astros did. And they lost to a good Astros team. So just get in the tournament. Give this team a chance because I do think one of the strengths of this team is their bullpen. And you get into the postseason with a good bullpen, you're in a really good position where you can throw guys like Martin and Jansen at you. And Pavetta's been really good as we talked about in that bulk roll. So I really hope the front office gives this team a starting pitcher to go down the stretch. All right, it's time now for our greatest Boston bet of the week. Thanks to our friends at FanDuel. And how about a same game parlay for tonight's Red Sox Cubs game? You can get this at plus 433. Sox on the money line. Rafael Devers to record two total bases. I just told you I think he's going to have a massive second half. Brian Bayo over four and a half strikeouts. And Jaron Duran to record a hit. Okay, so that's Bayo over four and a half strikeouts. Duran to record a hit. Sox on the money line. Rafael Devers to record two total bases at plus 433. And Rafi, by the way, 13 home runs off right-handed pitching so far this season. We know historically he does damage against righties. I'd expect him to do that tonight. As always, make sure to get your voicemails in at 617-396-7172. 617-396-7172. Email your thoughts and questions to offthepike at gmail.com. Thanks to Jamie McClellan and Steve Strudy for producing this podcast, and we'll chat in a couple of days. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1800gambler.net in West Virginia, call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, 
Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 